Hello folks, welcome to the Heritage Wealth Planning YouTube channel. I'm trying this new thing that YouTube has in terms of the go live, but I don't see it showing anything. There we go. Okay, good. Um, I want to share with you something that I just saw today as I was getting ready to do a, sem or a presentation on Alaska state taxes. So look at this. Anything jump out at you there? We got a lot of red. We got a lot of red. We got one little bit of green. What is that? Let's see if I can't show you that a little bit better. And I don't think it's going to come up well. There we go. A little bit. The, gr the green there was a small um, increase, less than one-tenth of 1% 1 on the Russell 2000, which is a small cap index. But as mainly the green indicates the 10-year Treasury bond is now above 3%. In fact, it's 3.06, if you can see that right there. Let me show you something else. Let me bring up the 10-year treasury. Look at that down here. That's, Jan that's July of 2016 is about 1.42. What does that mean? Well, it simply means that the interest rates, the 10-year treasury interest rates, and I wanted to, I'll get to what that means here in just a second, have gone up over double in less than 18 months. It was that 18? Yeah, buddy, about less than two years, 2016, less than 24 months, I should say. That is significant for a number of reasons. You may have heard what they say, don't fight the Fed. If you ever heard that, that simply means as the Fed is increasing interest rates, the price of stocks go down. And the simple reason for that is you have two competing assets. One is a guaranteed bonds, uh, treasury bonds in this case, which are 100% guaranteed by the government. You can't get any more risk-free than a government bond. And like it or not, that's what we call guarantees, government bonds, regardless of the fact the Fed's got no money, but they can tax their way, they can inflate their way, whatever they want to pay you back. So the government bonds are guaranteed, risk-free. Stocks, on the other hand, are not guaranteed, and you can lose all your money. So you have two competing entities. Government bonds, we'll just use that for an example today, and stocks. So as interest rates on government bonds go up, what do you think that means to stocks? That means the government bonds have more value than the stocks do. And so a lot of people are going to say, oh, I don't know if I want stocks when I'm getting more bang for my buck on government bonds that are risk-free. So when they say don't fight the Fed, they're saying I'm going to get more bang for my buck on bonds, which means the stocks look a whole lot less valuable to me. And I'm going to start selling stocks. Essentially, there's a, a theory behind this. It inherently makes sense. Don't fight the Fed. You fight the Fed. Fed's raising. You're buying stocks. The Fed's raising. The bond market is more beneficial, which means you're going to take on the chin. That's, that's the rule of thumb. But you got to understand, what does that mean, the bond market, as the Fed's raising? So that means as interest rates go up, the prices of the bonds are going down. So we've had a dramatic increase in the yields on the 10-year treasury from 1.42 to now 3.06 within two years. What do you think has happened to the price of those bonds? Well, the price of bonds have dropped like a brick and water because as the yields increase, the prices go down. That's, that's just basically like the sun rises in the east, sunsets in the west. The yields on bonds increase, the price goes down. The two things are correlated, 100% correlation there for sure. And so, but uh, the problem that I have a lot of people is they think, oh my goodness, they're going to look at their statements and say, the bonds are getting hammered, I want to sell. It doesn't matter what the yields are today. It doesn't matter what the yields are today. That has nothing to do with you if you bought a bond yesterday, the day before, the day before that. 
When you purchase your bond, you're buying the yield at that time, and that yield forever will follow you unless the amount of the coupon changes, which it won't on a bond, or if it's a dividend, unless the dividend changes, which it could on a stock. The only thing you care about is a yield when you buy the bond. So unless you're going to buy a bond today, the fact that the yields have jumped up by you know 150%, again, right there, from 1.42 to 3.06, is a completely irrelevant to your portfolio that you already own. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Now, yes, you will see a decline in the value of your portfolio, but that's just a time. It's just today. It doesn't mean anything because what's going to happen as the interest rates start cycling their way back through, this is for mutual funds, your mutual fund manager will be able to get higher yielding uh, bonds to replace the lower yielding bonds, and uh, it'll, it'll make itself up. Uh, in some time, it's going to take some time, but it will make itself up. But again, it doesn't matter because if you hold the bonds, they will mature and you'll get your money, your hundred thousand bucks back all the while you're getting, you know, a 4% coupon or 3% coupon or whatever you're getting. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what the price of the bond is doing today relative to someone who owned it before, which means it doesn't matter what the yield is on the bond today relative to someone who owned it from before. It just doesn't matter. Same thing with a dividend. So as price of the bonds go down, that means the yields are going up. Um, but now on the other hand, what we're seeing now is also stocks are dropping as well. So think about it like this. You're saying, let's just think, you think the markets are overvalued. Now, I don't think so, but let's just say you did, the stock market that is. And you're saying, huh, I've been wanting to take some gains off the table to protect some of my gains. So I see I can now get a lock in 10 years, going to get 3.06% on my money, whereas just 22 months ago, I'd only get 1.4% of that money. The prices of the stocks have gone up over the last 22 months as well, which means they're even more expensive than they were, in theory, than they were 22 months ago. So I'm going to go ahead and sell some of my stocks, and I'm going to position it in the bonds because I want to take advantage of that higher interest rate that I'm getting. And that would do a and that what that supply and demand as that demand goes from stocks to bonds, that's going to increase the price of the bonds and decrease the yields. It's convoluted, I know. But as stocks are sold and their money is moving to bonds, that would have a effect on reversing what we're seeing here today, uh, which is we're seeing the bond prices dropping like a brick and water and the yields going up. So if that were to happen, you would see the exact opposite. You see the bond prices go up as demand increases, the prices go up and you see the yields stop, start to drop down back to whatever is equilibrium. I don't know what equilibrium is. It might be here. It might not be. But we're not seeing that today, so it's interesting. And, and the reason I think we're not seeing that today, um, the stock's going down as well as the bond's going down, because if you look at this right here, let me show you. The other green is the FTSE, and the FTSE is the international markets. So even the small caps, man, it's not up much, but the international markets are a little bit green. It's actually dropped a little bit here uh, today, but still in the green. And so what's happening is, in my opinion, and I don't want to follow this day to day. It bores me. It should bore you. You should pay no attention to following the markets day to day. It's, it's literally just noise. It's noise. It's noise. It's noise. It doesn't mean anything. But it's interesting because what, you would th what normally happens when the yields go up, the stock market drops, and the price of the bonds start, again, getting back to equilibrium. So the yields start dropping as the prices go up. We're not seeing that today. We're actually seeing the international markets advancing as everything else retreats. And that just tells you that more that some people, and I don't know who they are, don't care, don't want to know them, are selling various holdings that they have in the securities market. And they're turning around and redeploying that to international markets because they feel 
that the international markets are probably cheaper relative to the United States. And, and they would be right. If you look at the bond and stock market, both are historically at high levels for sure. Again, I think the earnings on stocks are fine. So the earnings growth will continue to support a higher level of, of historical price earnings ratios. Uh, but we're seeing at the bond market is incredibly valid, highly valued, incredibly. Now the rates on bonds have dropped. I mean, now the rates of bonds have kicked back in. So the, the bond prices have really taken on the chin over the last 18 months or so. But, you know, a year and a half ago, man, we had bond yields at 1.42. And what I just say, as the yields go up, the prices are down. And then the price was way down right now. As the yields were 1.42, the prices were way up. That means people are being very, very nervous about the election. They're wanting a safe investment. So they bought bonds. And uh, that's what was going on. But now it's the exact opposite. They feel a little bit more comfortable with the economy. We've seen some big jobs growth. The retail sales came out today. It's just through the roof. Lots going on that make people a lot more worried about inflation. And so they're selling their bonds. The yields are going up. It looks like today they're selling their stocks as well and redeploying that to international markets. I don't know if that's right or wrong. Now, what does this affect you? Well, here's the problem. If you have a mortgage, and this is the big deal that gets overlooked. If you've got a mortgage and you're heavily, heavily leveraged, this could put you in a bind, my friends. I talk about it at length in my book, Strategic Money Planning, Eight Ways to Get Your Financial House in Order. Think about it like this. Let's say you have a monthly budget of $2,000, a monthly budget of 2,000 bucks. Part of that budget is going to go to the interest you pay the stupid bank, and part of it is going to go to the principal, all right? So let's just say you bought this house in July of 2016 when the 10-year treasury was at one42 now, the 10-year is a proxy for the interest, all bond markets, a proxy for all bonds and the interest rate market as well for mortgages. Not so much of the stupid credit cards. I keep saying stupid because the bankers, eh. but anyway, for interest rates and the mortgage market, the 10-year treasury is a proxy for sure. Some people say the 30-year, it's more the 10-year, but anyway, either way, when the 10-year treasury is at 1.42, the yields on your mortgage was way, 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 way down. So if you have a $2,000 a month budget, 500, I'm just using that number, 500 of that could go to interest, 1,500 would go to principal. Well, now we have a doubling of the 10-year treasury, all right? So now if you're looking to buy a house, 1,000 of that $2,000 a month budget is going to go to interest and 1,000 is going to go to principal, which means the amount you could pay towards principal has been dropped from 1,500 to 1,000, which means the price that you can afford has dropped like a brick in water. Because the seller of your house doesn't care how much you pay the principal uh, to interest. He just cares how much you pay to him to buy the house. And the cost to buy the house will dictate how much of your monthly payment will be towards principal and how much month of your monthly payment will be towards mortgage interest. And if it's a 1500 to 500, 1500 to principal, 500 to interest, you could buy a bigger house. If it's a 1000 to 1000, you can buy a lower house, a little less value house. It's just that simple. So if I'm selling you my home and you got a thousand, $2,000 a month budget and all you can afford is a thousand dollar a month towards principal because the interest rates have gone up, that means I'm going to take it on the chin in my price point because I have to say a thousand dollars a month is going to buy a $250,000 house. Whereas $1,500 a month before in principal could buy a $400,000 house. The only way I'll be able to liquidate my house to get it to you is if I drop the price. What if I'm highly leveraged myself as a seller? What if I don't have any equity? What if I owe $400,000 on a house that you're offering me $300,000 for? Well, I can't do it. I can't do it. 
because I have the hundred thousand bucks that I have to come up with someplace. The bank won't let me walk away from a four hundred thousand dollar loan I have to them if I'm only going to bring three hundred thousand to the table. I got to come up with another hundred thousand someplace, but I'll have it because I'm leveraged to the hill. I don't have any money. I don't have any cash. Right? It's in my IRA or whatever. I can't do that. Now, on the other hand, what if I had a hundred thousand dollars of equity? So I have a house of fair market value of four hundred thousand. I only owe 300,000 and you're willing to give me 300,000. Well, there you go. So then I'm fine because I'm not as leveraged. I'm telling you, the leverage will kill you as interest rates go up. It's going to kill you, not only from the buyer's perspective. Everyone looks at the buyer, but from the seller's perspective. I'll give you an example. Amazon, uh, Seattle just raised a stupid tax in Seattle. Uh, just insane. And that's going to drive Amazon out of there. So good to them because here in Georgia, we'll take Amazon down here for sure. So Amazon's going to be looking for new places to, to relocate, presumably. It looks like they've already been thinking about that, but let's just say they're going to look for a new place to put their headquarters. So now I'm leveraged to the hill because I couldn't afford a home in Seattle unless I took on 100% debt to equity. I had a good job at Amazon, 100% debt to equity. Amazon's getting ready to move to Atlanta. I'll be happy to follow them there. Cost of living is cheaper, blah, blah, blah. But how am I going to sell my house when interest rates have doubled and there's less people there to buy? I have no equity. How am I going to be able to do that? The gravy train, my friends, is stopping when things happen. They're outside of your control. The gravy train in San Francisco, the gravy train in San Jose, the gravy train in Seattle is going to stop in Washington, D.C. You can only leverage so much before some factor happens where you're unable to liquidate the house to find another buyer. It's almost like a Ponzi scheme in some regard, where what's the uh, not a multi-level marketing, where, where you got the guy, you know, where you're saying, hey, as long as I can, we call it the bigger fool theory in e economics. As long as I can find a bigger fool, I can get out from underneath this debt, and I can be free myself. But what if ends up you can't find a bigger fool? What if you're the biggest fool? That's what gets scary, man. That's why renting is okay to do. All these people jump out there. I got to own a house for the American dream. I'm telling you, I'm telling you. I saw what happened in 2006 and seven. People leveraged the hilt because they thought the real estate market would continue to go up. And they thought, well, as long as interest rates don't go up, we'll be fine. Had nothing to do with the interest rates. It just had to do. There was no buyers. The buyers were disappeared. There's no buyers. So if you wanted to sell your home, you need a buyer to sell it to. If there's no buyers out there, you're not going to be able to sell your home. That's exactly what happened in 2006 and seven. And the concern I have is as the interest rates double, there will be buyers out there, but the buyers will be limited in how much they can pay for a home. And if they're limited for how much they can pay for a home and you have an upper scale house, you know, that's on the high end of your market. And you're trying to move to Georgia from Atlanta, from uh, Seattle to take that job with Amazon. Who's going to be there to buy your house from you? If you don't have equity in there, if you don't have cash on the side to come up to get out from underneath the bank, you're not going to be able to do anything. And now even worse, what if the Amazon does move and now you have no job? You're leveraged to the hilt. You got no buyer to afford your home. And now your job just flew to Atlanta. What are you going to do? Don't, man. Buy the book. For, for, I think it's $4.49 on Amazon, Kindle. I use the story of Kevin and Brenda. I'm telling you, it's a conglomeration of stories I've seen in my 20 plus years about that scenario exactly. It's horrible. Don't let that be you. As interest rates increase, it's more than just the investing world that's going to get pain points for sure. Yeah, that would be a pain. But it's those folks who are highly leveraged into mortgages they took on in 2016 or 15 when the interest rates were so low that the bulk of their asset, their monthly payment was going to pay the principal. 
not going to pay the interest. And now we're back to a more equilibrium rate. It's not going to be good. Don't let that be you. All right. Hope this was helpful. I don't know. Do I have, I'm not sure if, uh, uh, I'm not sure how to work this thing. <laughs> These days I got to figure it out. But if you have questions, comments, concerns, don't forget to put them in the comments. Give me a thumbs up for sure, please. I'm going to go back to my state-by-state -state, uh, retiree tax analysis as well. If you're thinking about retiring as well, and you're one of the things you're saying, oh, we should buy a house, but put it on you know, leverage and put the rest in the stock market. Oh, for the love of Mary, please don't do that. I'm telling you that don't do that. Um, the interest rates you can't control. If the interest rates turned against you, even if you're retired, it's still going to be, you're going to be in a world of hurt. Don't do that. All right. Don't forget to subscribe. Hit the little, uh, what is it? The bell thing. I don't see it on here someplace, but there's a little bell to be notified of future content. Uh, don't forget to go to heritagewealthplanning.com. Uh, my book, I'll put a link to it here as well. If you're a Kindle Unlimited member, it's free. It doesn't cost you a dime. And if you do get it and you read it, man, please put a comment on there. It helps me with Amazon. Comments help me with YouTube as well as do thumbs up. See you next time on the Heritage Wealth Planning YouTube channel. Thanks, guys.